Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Hey, Irish. So, you've often talked to me about your love of symbols in the Bible and what they signify or reveal. And I've been thinking we maybe should start a regular series of episodes exploring these symbols. What do you think of that idea? I love it. I absolutely love symbols. And for me, I love thinking symbolically. A lot of people religiously will think, well, you know, what does the Bible say kind of discursively? Like, you know, don't yell at your mother. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. But I love how the Bible weaves into it symbols that God keeps repeating over and over and over again. And symbols are different than just kind of discursive knowledge. And for Catholics, like we pray using signs and symbols and all the signs and symbols come from the Bible. We pray, we offer God symbols that God gave us and the symbols help us to understand what it means to be a human being. And for like Jews and Catholics are really the only ones who do this. And I like one symbol, there's so many symbols in the Bible, but like one is incense. And I can't tell you how many times at a funeral, like I'll explain why we incense the body. And uh-huh. afterwards, so many people was like, wow, I did not know that what that means. But not only that it means something intellectually, it means something that just symbols grab your gut and your heart in a way that I just don't think knowledge does. And so there are so many repeated, repeated symbols in the Bible that end up as part of liturgy. So I better stop and explain first what I mean by liturgy. So liturgy is how we worship, or more specifically, how God has commanded us to worship and how Christians over the ages have worship. So anytime you use the word liturgy, just think worship. Unfortunately, a lot of people think liturgy is just following the rubrics, a little instructions of do this, do that. But there's a whole side to liturgy of acting out the Bible and living the Bible through symbols. And God keeps repeating these symbols and expanding them. And there are just so many, like trees. Trees are a really big symbol in the Bible. And believe it or not, there's a tree in every Catholic church. The tree symbolizes making a moral choice. Incense symbolizes something else. Water, water has a repeated and big symbol as well. And like, I love water. Like I, if there's an element that I associate with. So, so shall we start this series with water then? Let's, let's jump into the water, Father Len. Ah, let's jump in. I am meant for a repairing life. So, (laughs) but, uh, so like with the importance of water in the Bible is not, you know, okay, make sure you hydrate. Water, and I'll try and explain this, water symbolizes liminal changes. And a liminal change, big fancy word, just just means a change in your consciousness, that you're becoming who you're meant to become. So water starts out with the Bible in the Garden of Eden. That's pretty obvious. You have the water of life and source of life. And the water of life changes. Water symbolizes change, changes the desert into a garden. And it's the source of all water. And 
human beings. Now, wait, wait. To... What, what's the source of all water? The garden? You just said the garden is the source of all water. Well, what? I, no, in the garden is the source of all water. Okay. And that's the source of all change. And the spirit hovers upon the waters of creation. It draws out life. Human beings come from it. But the problem is human beings, they thirst for the wrong thing. They thirst for a life apart from God. And so they lose the garden. They end up back in the desert. And the desert, by the way, is always where people uh, learn to thirst for the right relationships. So sometimes in life, it's important to go where there is no water. So you learn how to thirst. So you don't so, thirst. So, so the desert is, is even a symbol, isn't it? I mean, the, this is this dry mountain, a desert. But it, a desert really is not speaking about a geographical location any more than a mountain is or a tree. The it's desert, a place. It's a place without water, is what right. you're saying. And it's a place where that you learn: Do you thirst for right relationship, or do you thirst for? Um, more, you know, uh, right relationship or just superficial religion. And so uh, water symbolizes change. And it's, it's just a, such an amazing symbol because if you notice in the Bible, every time somebody gets near water, they change. So like the famous story is Jacob, Jacob the wrestler. Uh, Jacob is enormously selfish. He's just so incredibly selfish. And He's on the run from his brother. He's lost everything. And he says this strange little prayer. God, if you get me out of this trouble, I'll believe in you. And God answers him back in the dream. Oh, Jacob, I'm a better trickster than you are. Name Jacob means trickster. He says, Jacob, I, I can do you on that. So the next day, Jacob gets near water. And that's a huge red flag for the people. If you're reading the Bible, like, oh, here it comes. He gets near water and he sees a beautiful woman, falls in love with her at first sight. She ends up being his wife. But the point there is that for the first time in Jacob's life, he didn't think of himself. He thought of somebody else. And Jacob will pass through the waters several times. And the last time is when he wrestles with the angel. And then, then he's an old man. And when he passes through the water that time, he actually becomes a holy man, Israel. Or Moses later. Moses is a coward. Moses is just a coward. He's on the run, kind of like Jacob. He's on the run, and suddenly he gets near water. He goes to the desert. He's actually going into the desert, and he gets near water. And for rear, you know, oh, this means he's going to have a liminal change, a change in his consciousness. And there's some men picking on these women. And Moses is a coward. For the first time, he stands up and defends the women. Once again, it happens near water. There's a change. And one of the women ends up becoming his wife. So water always symbolizes change. And even like in the great story of Exodus where the people go through the Red Sea, you know, they're, they're nothing more than 12 tribes loosely associated together. They're slaves. They're nothing. And they pass through the water. And once they get to the other side of the water, basically God says, oh, you were just 12 tribes. Now you're one people. You've changed in your identity. Every time you get in your water, you die to your old self and you become something new. So the people died to just being loose bands of slaves. And they're reborn 
as one people. And then later, they, they get to the edge of the promised land, and the same thing happens. The water parts, they pass through, and ah, God says, no, you were just this one people lost. Now you're in the promised land. You're not more than one people. You're one nation. So every time somebody gets, goes through water, passes through water, there's a change in their understanding. Is it always a positive change? Is it a, a, yes. a, an expansion of their consciousness, of yeah. their goodness? Of I mean, it's always a positive change. Always a, now, there's always a death, some sort of death. They give up, gave up their old self. Moses is no longer a coward. Jacob is a little bit less of a trickster. So there's always this kind of death. Like in the book of Ezekiel in the Bible, Israel is like this pile of dead bones that are scattered across the valley. But when Christ comes, God will pour out his spirit like water to the land and recreate this new Eden and this new humanity. So when Christ comes, we'll be watered from the inside and we'll become new human beings. So that's a good. Does this mean that when I I walk by a lake or you know, I jump in a swimming pool or something, I can expect some positive change? Or, I mean, how does this all work, Father Len? Well, yeah, it does work like that. Ritually, it does work like that. So, like, before entering the temple, you pass through water. And the word Hebrew means one who has crossed over, one who's passed through. So even in the ancient temple of Israel, they had this huge bronze sea for purification. So you became new. In the Catholic Church, if you notice, by every door of the church, there's holy water. And you pass through the water. You make a sign of the cross over you. It symbolizes remembering baptism, but remembering that, wow, I passed through water. I'm changing again and again. Every time we step into the house of God, we're hoping to die to our old self, the you know, selfish, the cowardness in us, and become a little bit more recreated into the in, image of Christ. So that's so, so that's why we're baptized with water as well, or baptized in water. Right, because the prophecy is, is that when the Messiah comes, he'll make all people pass through the water again. So baptism initiates that. And every time you come to church, you're you're passing through the water again. You're changing a little bit more. And the last act that happens, so seeing that at baptism, you pass through the water, and the first thing I did is make the sign of the cross on your forehead. Your parents and godparents and whoever else is there, they trace it on your forehead. And then at your funeral, the same symbol is repeated. And this sounds really strange. Sometimes you're so used to doing symbols, but it's only when it's personal do you realize, oh, that's what it means. And my dad died, and we had the funeral in Montana, and this really great priest is the one who did the funeral. And suddenly, you know, just thinking, oh, yeah, he's from Montana, he died in Montana, but think about this. At the door of the church, his parents would have traced the sign of the cross where the water was, and now, you know, 70-some years later, now it's his grandchildren and his wife and his children who all dip their hand in the holy water. You're supposed to dip your hand in the holy water and trace the sign of the cross over the casket, over the remains, and then over yourself. That ah, just like the people, their final crossing over of the Jordan was into the promised land, 
the last time you'll pass through the water is actually at your funeral. Well, we celebrate that um, now Irish is entering into the promised land of heaven. So you act this stuff out, and I just, I, I love it. So from Exodus to all the patriarchs, all of them pass through water. It's a consistent theme in the Bible. And every time you pass through the water, there's a change in your consciousness from your old self. And I, I love the fact that it just struck me that your life begins and ends that way, that all your life is passing through the water. And the last time you'll pass through the water, it's at your funeral where we celebrate, ah, uh, they passed over into the promised land. So water symbolizes this liminal change, this change. So why do Catholics have water at the door of every entrance of the church? It's acting out this symbol from the very beginning of the Bible. It's a prayer that we change. We become something new. Wow. Um, I, you know, I mean, I've been a Catholic all my life and I, I, A, I didn't recognize all the times that water shows up in the Bible. I, you know, I know that there's holy water as you enter the church, but I don't think I ever really connected it to a change, a possible change or making a change. Uh, It'll kind of change how I think about water completely. Well, and water symbolizes death and life. Because this confuses people. And it's, what, doesn't water symbolize life? Well, yeah, it symbolizes a new life, but it also symbolizes a death. And so as you're passing through the water, when you make the sign of the cross in the holy water when you come to Mass, think, ah, I'm hoping to die to my false self. You know, Jacob, wow. his false self was the trickster. Moses' false self was the coward. It's where we're getting reborn more and more and more. Water is just such a huge symbol in my life that I love that we get to pray with it. it does, like, it's praying with symbols. Yeah, no, I, I, I love this, Father Lynn. I, I'm really looking forward to the, this series on symbols because I think it will give us a whole different kind of view of, of truth and life and faith and whatever. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, as I read the Bible now, I'm going to be very aware of when water shows up and what's happening around it. Uh, an awareness I never would have had before oh, at all. Great. I mean, it's it's very cool. So anyway, we we welcome your comments and questions. And if you have a symbol that you'd like Father Len to kind of explore and, and help us understand, that would be great. And it's easy to get your questions and comments to us. You just head over to our website, www.gshow.com, and click on the questions button. And if you're enjoying the Wrestling with God show, and we sure hope that you are, uh, please share your favorite episodes with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll hope you join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, and purpose in our lives. Thanks for listening. See you next time.